inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, hosting for you today. Walker Wildman usually on Fridays, but you get me today. I'm usually on Thursdays. When you had Walker yesterday, we love mixing it up, keeping you guessing. If you'd like to join the fo- join the conversation today, you can call in to 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Call in with your comments, questions, insults, whatever you got. We're looking forward to it. Got a couple of great guests coming up in the program today and a lot, a lot to cover. Uh, enemies within. So we're going to be talking about the enemies within, both from a sense of the nation but also the church. Trevor Loudon going to be with us here in a little while to talk about his movie on that. And then we'll be hitting some of the headlines today. A couple of kind of pickup stories from uh, Wednesday, I guess, was the last time I was with you. And a couple of things I didn't quite get to, some of the phone calls that we had and other things. But uh, before I go to that, if you want to learn more about how to become a Constitution coach, how to engage with us, how to be a part of the solution for restoring America's constitutional republican check out patriotacademy.com and join our free classes everything for free you can become a coach for free take the class for free host it at your church for free it's a great way to get involved uh but one of the questions that we got right at the end of the program on wednesday that we didn't have time to get to that i just wanted to read her question and 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 try to answer it i think i think it's a really good question diana in west virginia had asked about you know, okay, look, if 2022 goes well, like we, we see this red tsunami coming, right? Everybody's talking about it. You see it in the polling. The Democrats have gone way too far. The insanity of the things that they did during COVID, the socialism, the cultural Marxism, I mean, all the things. We're expecting a tsunami. We're expecting the American people to respond and you know, throw the Democrats out and give us a Republican Congress. And our question is, if the Republicans take the House and Senate in November, could Kevin McCarthy be trusted, or would would he possibly turn into another Paul Ryan? Well, I don't have a crystal ball. Diana, I don't know. I, I, I will say I've been critical of Kevin McCarthy. I've been concerned that he would be another Paul Ryan. I'm always critical of anybody that's been in Washington, D.C. for a couple of decades. I think that's too long. I, I personally think that you should, you know, you, you should go serve, but, you know, servant leadership, go, go serve in state house or federal, whatever it is, for, you know, 10 years maybe, 15 at the most. And then go home. Go live under the laws that you passed. So I'm always skeptical of anybody that's in office for that long. And frankly, McCarthy's been strong and good in some areas. And then, you know, like every politician, uh, has disappointed me in other areas. And I would disappoint you if I was the politician that we were talking about today. Every human being is going to disappoint you. So let's be just very clear about that. But to answer your question, you know, I, I venture to say that he will be far better than Paul Ryan turned out to be. Uh, and, and part of the reason I think that is because, part, partly because of the times we're in and because the left has pushed so far that anyone elected Speaker of the House at this point has to, uh, if they want to stay Speaker in, in a Republican majority, will have to do better than Paul Ryan did. I just don't think there's any way that a Republican Speaker can get away with, with selling us out um, and, and being so wimpy as to not even repeal Obamacare and some of the other things that, that we saw happen with Paul Ryan. I also I also am seeing Kevin McCarthy surround himself with our kind of 
of folks. You know, I, I saw my, my buddy Kirk Cameron, uh, who's part of our coach program. We do American Campfire Revival with him and Biblical Citizenship with him. And, you know, he I saw, you know, he had a chance to meet with McCarthy and go through the whole monument with him and explain all those things. And, you know, McCarthy had a 15-minute meeting, I think, scheduled. Ended up spending like an hour with him. I mean, it was really good. It was a great sowing into and plant, planting the right seeds. So I, I just, Diana, I, Diana, I wish I had a crystal ball and could tell you I, I, I would much rather have a Jim Jordan or, a, you know, someone that has really proven themselves to take on the tough fights and, and be unafraid and be a patriot. And, and as we often say around here, the difference between a politician and a patriot is that a politician's only thinking about the next election. A patriot is thinking about the next generation. It's a different mindset. You know, and a, a politician's always thinking, how am I going to get re- reelected? How do I raise more money? I can't lose this constituency. I'm afraid to do the right thing because I might, you know, it's just constant. A patriot is saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, even if it costs me the election, because I'm thinking about the next generation. I want to do the right thing right now so that my children and my grandchildren can live in freedom, so that my nation can continue as a constitutional republic and not become, as Dinesh D'Souza would say, the socialist states of America. So I I think um, that, that while I would prefer a Jim Jordan or a Louis Gohmert or a Lauren Boebert or someone like that, I do think McCarthy will be far better than Paul Ryan was, and uh, I, I think we're in a different moment in time where people that think like us, meaning Bible-believing, Constitution, uh, originalist, all of that, uh, have a much stronger voice to hold a Kevin McCarthy accountable. Now, at the same time, I could say, yep, but that's not working over in the Senate because McConnell is still you know, uh, a, a major problem. But Senate is different from the House, and we won't go down that rabbit hole because— our first guest of the day is with us, and I'm really excited about this interview. I've always wanted to interview Trevor Loudon. I'm thrilled to have him on the program with us today, and uh, and just want to welcome him. Trevor, thank you so much for taking some time this afternoon to be with us. Oh, look, it's a pleasure, sir. Thanks for having me on. Hey, you have put out so many great books, v- movies, uh, just material o- o- over the years that's been incredible on, on uncovering the corruption underneath and the problems that have been festering for decades Underneath, And we're at a moment in time where the curtain is getting peeled back. Uh, even the FBI raid on the president finally unveils a lot of the corruption that was already there, but it was happening to guys like you and me, and so most people didn't know about it. Um, y- right. You did you did The Enemy Within, I guess, what was that, six years ago, the original one on, on Marxism yeah, tw- in the country? 2016, 2016. 16, yes. And then this year uh, did Enemies Within the Church. So, so first, let's talk about the first one back in, in, in 2016. What made you make that one, and what... What did you see uh, in terms of people's eyes being opened to how much Marxism had already infiltrated our culture? Well, that's, that's right. Well, the thesis of the movie was that there was about a there are, there are no background checks in Congress, you see, none whatsoever. And the enemies of America know this. The, the Iranians, the, the Chinese, the Venezuelans, the Cubans, the local communists, so they've been able to infiltrate, you know, uh, probably close to a hundred members of Congress into the House, and about twenty-five members of the U.S. Senate um, wow. are, are Marxist Chinese uh, allies or whatever. So every major committee in the Congress and every major committee in the Senate is run really by an enemy of America now. So we we laid that out, and because I think. Americans never understood this. They, they, Americans always thought, well, we're so strong, the Russians can't take us, the Chinese can't take us. But what the enemies did 
was to use your open system to infiltrate their friends into the heart of your government and and basically wreck you. Everything from open borders to the gutting of the military to the indoctrination in schools to the attacks on churches can be direct can be sourced back to America's enemies working through your congressmen and senators. And mm. so that, that movie really took off and I think we had three million views on Amazon Prime until they took it off just before the last election. But it, but it influenced a lot of people, awoke it a did. lot of people up to how deep the penetration is. It did. And, and, and you know, one of the things that stood out to me in the movie, Trevor, was was how well you documented Bernie Sanders' background, uh, the, the, the connections yeah. to communism throughout his life. I mean, it, it was so overwhelming. Uh, and then... To, to see the major media never talk about those things and to see him still be able to have, uh, you know, come as close as he did in, in, in 2020 and, and just the acceptance within the Democrat Party. Of course, you point that out in the movie that they've been after the Democrat Party for decades and they've pretty much taken it over at this point. Well, they have. The Democrat Party is a Marxist party now. Now, now Hillary Clinton was, was as, as bad as Bernie Sanders, but a lot more subtle about it. Joe Biden is in the completely in the grip of these people as well. You know, he just he appointed uh, virtually all of his cabinet are in bed with China or have Marxist backgrounds. Like, for instance, he put um, Deb Haaland in as Secretary of the Interior, and that was organised. That whole campaign to put Deb for the Interior was organised by Judith LeBlanc of the Communist Party USA the woman who organized the protests against the Dakota Access Pipeline, which Biden shut down the first day he got into office. Now, Deb Haaland uh, is controlling all of America's energy on public lands, and she's wow. shutting down every lease she can. So this is, this is an example. When America needs in a, energy on the world stage to cut the price for, for Americans to, to, to bankrupt Vladimir Putin and support Europe, uh, we can't get it because a, a pro-communist agent is now serving as Secretary of the Interior, put in place by a bona fide leader of the Communist Party USA, signed off by by four Republican senators. Wow, wow! Oh, that just that tells you how how bad it is. Let, let me let me ask you this, Trevor. In our in our, our limited time together, so for the movie from 2016. Are are you thinking about doing an update to that based on what the Biden administration is doing, just like that example you just gave? Well, certainly, certainly, we are thinking about it. Yes, we're, we've been really dealing with the enemies within the church, and we're planning yeah. a sequel to that. But I would would very much like to do that. So, if there's anybody out there with a, a, a some spare funds, please let me know because I, I could tell an even better story today. We know much. We know so much more. Um, I, we I wanna, have to understand that Democratic Party is penetrated by enemies to its, yes. to its root. Yes. I, I want to give out both of the websites. So there's enemieswithinmovie.com, and that's the, the 2016 movie. And then and, and you can get these on Amazon and, and other places. Uh, and then yeah. enemieswithinthechurch.com, which is the one I, I, <laughs> I wish I'd, I'd started with this. But um, this is the most recent one. This is the one this year exposing just how bad this cultural Marxism has now seeped into the church. We've co-opted the scripture 
with cultural Marxism at this point. And did I hear you right just then? You said you're actually already working on a sequel to this one, the one about well, we the are church? planning a se- we are planning a sequel. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yes. Okay. So and, tell and, us about uh, the, this one and and where people can watch it as well. Yeah, well, Not the sequel. I'm said, sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you can download it. You know, pay per view on enemieswithinthechurch.com, or you can get it. Um, from Amazon or my website trevorloudon.com but but the, just look it up online it's very easy to find enemieswithinthechurch.com you can order hard copies and people are ordering a hundred at a time regularly and uh, it's now coming out in Spanish, Portuguese we're going to have it out in Chinese um, French, German as well um, and it's basically the tale of the deliberate infiltration of the American churches, starting with the, the mainstream churches and the Catholics in the 30s, and in the last few years, it's really going into the evangelical movement and even the Southern Baptists. The, the left know that if they can take the church to the left, they take America's politics to the left, and they will have the country at that point. And you reveal that in, in the movie. What is your perspective on the 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 hope of of stopping it of actually saving the american church well well see i i think see i think we all realize we've been let down by the leadership of the churches and the leadership of our conservative movement you know the but the grassroots is growing dramatically everywhere i go there's new political groups springing up and everywhere i go there's home churches small churches breakaway churches who want to get back to the Bible and get back to real Christianity. They're sick of the wokeness. Wokeness is Marxism. They're sick of the endless um, diversion onto white privilege and and social justice and global warming and refugee resettlement, all these Marxist memes, and they want to get back to real Christianity. So I am seeing that all over the place. Trevor, is there any chance very, you can stay with me? Is there any chance you can yeah, stay sure, with me after the? Sure, okay, sure. I'd, I'd love to keep you over a few more minutes after after the break. I'm so sorry, it's heartbreak. I gotta go to it. But uh, Trevor Loudon with us, folks. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. I, this one's personal to me. Uh, we loved the church we were at. Uh, you know, when, when COVID hit and BLM and all that, they went totally woke, and 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 it's happening all over the country. And we had to leave and and, and find a new place. We, we've got to talk more about this. Stay with us, folks. You're listening to AFA at the core. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. After Jesus resurrected Lazarus, his and Lazarus' fame spread. They already planned to kill Jesus, but now, because Lazarus was tangible evidence of Jesus' resurrection power, the chief priests and Pharisees plotted to kill Lazarus too. They never worried about Lazarus before, but now, because he is a walking billboard of Christ's power, They want him dead, too. This, brothers and sisters, is why many come against you. It isn't personal, but satanic forces can't stand your representation of God's power to transform lives. That's why we rejoice when we're slandered for his namesake. Christ's power is on display. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. The devil seeks to whisper lies into our ears that we want to hear. The goal is to separate us from those we love. That voice may take the form of messages on social media or images of a seemingly perfect life on Instagram that we want to emulate. Help your daughter to strengthen her core with the Word of God. Just like daily exercise assists with physical health, studying God's Word will help strengthen her spiritual core and allow her to resist the tempting falsehoods that are tickling her ears. Share this message from Paul to the Ephesians with your daughter and discuss how she can rely on the truth. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Did you know that over 62 million babies have been aborted since Roe versus Wade? Every single one of these babies' lives was dear and precious. Why isn't the world declaring these babies as lost? Here's Dan Steiner, the president of Preborn, a ministry dedicated to saving babies' lives from abortion through ultrasound. I sense God's broken heart over the issue of abortion. You see, he sees every little baby that's being formed in the mother's womb, and it breaks his heart to see when the lifetime that he has planned for them is taken from them violently so often. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country, introducing women considering abortion to their precious preborn baby. By letting a mother see her baby on ultrasound and hear the heartbeat, she'll choose life 80% of the time. To find out more, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. We're back on AFA at the Core. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you this afternoon. Phone number to call in is 888-589-8840. We'll probably get to those towards the end of this segment or maybe the final segment. We've got two great guests today. Trevor Loudon is with us right now. We're talking about Enemies Within the Church. The website is enemieswithinthechurch.com. You can get the movie there. And uh, I, I'm just going to, Trevor, I'm going to pretend the announcement was made here that there will be a sequel. Let's just let's just make that the official announcement. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> now the public hey, knows. The, What's the signs? What do you, what do you look for as a parishioner to know that your church is beginning to buy into the wokeness? I mean, there's some obvious stuff, but 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 a lot of times yeah. it, it seeps in. What do you say are the ways to know that well, your church is starting to buy into it? Well, I think what you'll see is a real de-emphasis on the Old Testament. Very little mm-hmm. talk about sin. Very little talk about the uh, the Ten Commandments and their their binding uh, effect on us. Very, so that you'll find that the, the, the tougher aspects very much watered down, and then you'll start to see that you know, the more social justice um, aspects come in. You'll see um, very much all about love, but a very soft, um, you know, accepting feminine type of love rather than the old, tough, onward Christian soldiers type mm. of attitude. And, and then you'll start to see a lot about social justice. The, the critical race theory, the white privilege is an absolute tell. The LGBTQ 
agenda is another complete tell. Um, you know, uh, refugee resettlement, um, welcoming illegal immigrants across the border. All of these are Marxist programs. Yeah. And none of them have anything to do with Christianity at all. But you'll see them um, on, on the, in the majority of churches around Texas or, or any part of the country now. Yeah. Yeah. And then what do you recommend to parishioners? Go, go to the pastor and say, hey, I'm concerned. Uh, just go ahead and start looking for somewhere else that, that, that isn't buying, buying into it. What do you recommend? Well, that's, that's why we did the movie, because the movie gives the background of how this happened, who did it. And this includes very many prominent Christians. I'm sure some of the listeners will have their books in their, li- in their libraries. And, and how they infiltrated the, the, the Bible colleges. So they started indoctrinating the pastors. Yeah. So these people are often, the younger guys are very often imbued with this stuff. So the movie gives you the evidence and, and helps clarify the issue. So if you're having a problem with your pastor, you go to them, you talk to them, you talk through these issues based on what you've seen in the movie and, and, books that we recommend on our website. And and the ideal is, is to save them, get them back on track. That's the ideal. If you can turn your church around, that's get rid of the Marxism, get back to the gospel, that's great. If not, you have to find another church. Well, in that first no one... sense listening to a broadcast like this on a on a Thursday than going to a socialist church on a Sunday. It's not going to do you much good. Amen, Hunter, and, and and putting your kids under that teaching, right? I mean, that's why we ended up. Well, the one. well, that's right. It's the youth pastors are particularly, you know, the younger yeah. they are, the more likely they are to be indoctrinated with this. You know, I have countless stories of young people who came home to their parents and said, "I'm not going to Bible school. I'm not going to Sunday school anymore. I'm not going to the youth group anymore." They're telling me what a racist I am. They're wow. telling me America's a terrible place. They're telling me that I'm not accepting of the LGBTQ agenda. They're saying I'm not a good Christian because I don't go along with this stuff. We get countless examples of this. Mm. Don't don't send your kids into Campus Crusade for Christ or crew. Don't send your kids into, into varsity now. They're all heavily infiltrated by this wokeism, this Marxism. Wow. Well, and, and the first thing you said about, you know, go to your pastor in, in the hopes that you get them back on track, of course, assumes that the, that the pastor is well-meaning. They've been led astray, right? Yeah. And there probably are a lot like that, whether it was at Bible college or or just, you know, they, they want to they want to love people. They're, they're driven by these emotions and they're just not, you know, they're, they're, they're ignoring truth. And, they're, and like you said, the tough love that, that is actual love, they've fallen into this, this fake idea of love. And so for those that there's a chance of getting back on track, absolutely go speak to them. But if they don't, I agree with you. You've got to find somewhere else. That, that's exactly what, what we had to do. Trevor, I can't thank you enough for coming on, yeah. man. I, I want to recommend, you know, both websites uh, and, and, and we'll have links today where people can get to that easily. But I look forward to having you back again. Thanks so much for your time today. Oh, look, love to, love to. It's a great conversation. Thanks very much. You bet. That was Trevor Loudon, folks. Uh, you you got to check it out. Enemieswithinthechurch.com. Enemieswithinthechurch.com. Dot com. You will be shocked to see some of the, some of the things there. I I was shocked to see it happen in my own church in Austin, Texas, and 
Actually, you know, God works in awesome ways because I love where I, our family is now and we have a great fellowship, but it was uh, it was uh, so disappointing to see the teaching coming from the pulpit that was clearly anti-biblical, but it felt good, right? It made everybody get the feels, as uh, as John Cooper would say. Uh, but it's uh, it's destroying the church from within and it's got to be stopped and, and you might be the one to point it out uh, in your church if you're, if you're seeing it. All right, let's head over to some of the headlines. Chris Woodward is with us to talk about some of the hot topics of the week and some some of the things that have been happening in the last few days. Chris, thanks for coming on, bro. Thank you for having me again. Hey, man, so tell us, what are the, what are the top headlines from what you're seeing? Well, here's a big one that uh, just came down this afternoon from Fox News Channel, and uh, Lord willing, we all live to see the uh, top of the hour. We'll have more on this in the uh, forthcoming top of the hour newscast on AFR. But uh, the bottom line is this. Some parts of that affidavit that were used to obtain a warrant to search former Don- President uh, Donald Trump's home in Florida uh, some parts of that affidavit could be released as early as next week. And, of course, the Justice Department says this is still a sensitive matter and its investigation is still in the early stages. You can't put out too much information that might jeopardize things and cause people to be uh, threatened or injured or, you know, uh, identified, stuff like that. But then you have people like Donald Trump saying you shouldn't have done this. Uh, people need to know what claims you made to try to get inside my house and that kind of thing. So this story will definitely play out uh, for the next few days, uh, probably through the end of next week, I would say. Yeah, it's uh, it's maybe the number one story, right? I mean, that, because now people are going, wow, if they can do that to the president, they can do it to me. And, oh, sure. and, and did they really have something? And, and, you know, what will this affidavit reveal, if anything? Or is it just going to be, you know, more very... I, I, I'll tell you, Chris, honestly, what shocked me the most about the whole thing once the once the search warrant was released was how broad it was. It was like an old English writ of assistance where it's basically, hey, go in that dude's house over there, search wherever you got to, give me every piece of paper you can find. You know, uh, it was so general that you could take basically any piece of paper that was a presidential, you know, had anything to do with the four years while he was president out mm-hmm. of his house. Uh, when when he's the one that declassifies, they didn't do this to Clinton. You got the sock drawer on Clinton where he had the tapes and and all of that, and the, and the and the judges said, you know, nope, you can't you can't take that. The president gets to decide what's declassified. So it's definitely uh, you know not equal protection. It's certainly a two tier justice system at this point. So I think that's got people's attention. Yeah, one thing that people might not have noticed yesterday was there was this big hearing. And a lot of media companies were participants in this hearing because they wanted the judge to release the affidavit so that way they could uh, see what exactly they were saying they needed to go inside and look for. Um, There was a day in time where news media would do that because they wanted the truth to get out there for the people. I would venture to say that a lot of those companies were doing it because they wanted dirt on Trump to try to prevent him from being able to run again, which is why a lot of people are saying they raided the home in the first place. And it's all the more reason why... You need to um, really watch out for where you get your news and information. If, if you're yep. getting it from CNN, which clearly has it out for Trump, you're not going to get all the information that you need. Yeah, you're, you're right. And, and, and Chris, to that point, uh, you know, most places right now are making it sound like, oh, if they if they even got him on some violation of the, you know, uh, 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 archives or, or, or presidential records that he wouldn't be able to run for president. Absolutely not true. That the Constitution, you cannot overrule the constitutional requirements for office with some federal statute or some conviction on, on that. The only way they could keep him from running for office is if they somehow convicted him of sedition and insurrection, which is 
of course, what they've been trying to say, even though there is zero evidence of that and there is no way they would ever, uh, uh, well, I shouldn't say that because they could find a jury to convict you of, you know, convict a ham sandwich, as we used to say in law school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this case, it's insane to say that the man committed sed- sedition or insurrection. But that's the narrative they're trying to create. That's what the whole January 6th committee is all about. But that's the only way they would be able to actually keep him from running for office. And most media outlets won't talk about that. We've, of course, talked about it a lot here at, at AFR. Sorry, man, I know you were about to get to the next story, and no, I no. went on pontificating. Uh, that's fine. Uh, this is a, a big development out of North Dakota. Uh, the school board in Fargo, North Dakota, uh, reversed course yesterday on its decision to stop reciting the Pledge of Allegiance at its monthly meetings, and that followed complaints from conservative lawmakers and an angry backlash from citizens around the country. For those not familiar with the story, you can find it on AFN.net. Uh, but some people there in the Fargo School Board were concerned the Pledge of Allegiance might offend somebody, uh, and they claimed that the phrase, under God, does not include all faiths. Now, why, after decades, generations, really, of the Pledge of Allegiance being out there and everybody doing it, they all of a sudden had an issue with it, is beyond me. But, you know, uh, I've worked in news for 20 years now, and it's getting to the point where nothing shocks me. So uh, I'm just giving you the background here on the uh, story. Uh, the good news is, or the update is that the Fargo School Board has uh, decided to change course here, uh, and they're going to continue doing the Pledge of Allegiance, which is something a lot of people listening to the sound of our voices um, have done throughout their life, maybe even still do, if they teach at a school or something of that sort. You know, a little background here, Chris, too. You know, Chris, we had the Michael Newdow suit years ago, went all the way up to the Ninth Circuit, and they they ruled, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance was unconstitutional because it had under God in it and all this nonsense. Um, You go back to the 50s, and when under God was added to the pledge, it actually came from Eisenhower... Um, hearing a sermon about why that was necessary, and a pastor encouraging him. And and Eisenhower said, you know what, this is what distinguishes us from communism. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that our freedom comes from God, not government, because the Russians have in their constitution freedom of speech and all these things, but it's government that gives it to them, and government can take it away. And the fact that we are under God changes everything. And he thought when we were, you know, literally in a global conflict with communism, it was Mm -hmm. important for Americans to know what was different about our system. Of course, None of those people objecting to this in, in Fargo, North, uh, North Dakota, know this, right? They, if they knew that, actually, they might even be more adamant about mm-hmm. not saying it because they probably are communists. But you get my point, Chris. Under God and the Pledge is essential to the definition of who we are as Americans. That's right. And you know what? Uh, whether people like it or not, we're all under God. Whether they believe Amen. it or not, we're all under God. Uh, so yeah. they uh, they just need to, to live with that. And we need to uh, share with them uh, the things that you just uh, shared there. Let me mention this because it's going to be another story out west uh, that we should watch for. Uh, Utah is quickly becoming the next battleground over the fight to have biological males compete against females in women's athletics. And I say that because, uh, uh, I say that because a judge today in Utah uh, put on hold a statewide ban against biological males competing in female sports. Uh, long story short, some parents of so-called transgender student-athletes filed suit in May, uh, claiming that this violated the Utah Constitution and, and the rights of the so-called transgender student-athletes. But, as you are probably aware, and everybody listening, there's a lot of ladies out there, uh, female athletes and their attorneys, that say a biological female's Title IX rights are being violated by having to compete against males in women's sports because uh, they're losing out to them and therefore not getting scholarships and championship opportunities that could help get them to the next level. I I have to say, man, the idea that anyone would entertain the idea that it's okay for a guy 
who thinks he's a girl to compete against girls in sports. I, it's Every time I hear these stories, I feel like I need to take out my little flip phone and say, beam me up, Scotty. I don't know what planet I've ended up on because it is so anti-science, so mm-hmm. anti-logic, so, let, let alone anti-biblical, right? I mean, we would agree on that, but even the rest of the world. Where are the feminists? The feminists should be defending these girls in athletics and saying, stop allowing these guys to come in and compete. It makes no sense whatsoever, but maybe it's, man, Chris, maybe we're Romans 1 situation, right? They, right. They're blinded. they got scales over their eyes. They, they profess themselves to be wise, and they've become absolute fools. Uh, and the girls in athletics are the ones losing out. Yeah, and it goes to show you, too, this story specifically, that today's Democrats are not your father's Democrats. And what That's I mean right. by that is Democrats fought long and hard to get Title IX in place. And today, members yeah. of that same party are fighting hard to get a dude in women's athletics, regardless of what point. the female voter out there might say. Um, yep. And, you know, there was you brought up Eisenhower a minute ago. Um, obviously... Uh, Harry Truman, big supporter of Israel, recognized Israel. And today you have Democrats, even Democratic presidents, not wanting to support Israel. So uh, I, that's a different sermon. You're spot perhaps. on, man. You're spot on. I, I just last week was looking at, I don't even remember why I was searching this, uh, but I ended up reading a speech of, of Truman that was all about us being a Christian nation. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's a Democrat president. Harry Truman with an entire speech on how America is founded on Christian principles. Right. And, and yet the Democrats of today would call you a, what do they call it, Christian nationalist? I think that's their, their, their new phrase. that they, 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 they use this phrase and they try to scare everybody. Oh, they want you, you have to be a Christian to live in America, and they want a theocracy. All these lies about mm-hmm. you know who we actually are and what we're actually for. Well, Harry Truman is somebody they would have had to call a Christian nationalist because he goes through the whole history of how the nation was founded on Christian principles. So you're spot on. Not the Democrat Party of your grandfather. And unfortunately, the the president of the United States is the one pushing through executive orders and everything else this whole concept of guys Mm -hmm. being allowed to act like girls and go into the girls' locker room, the bathroom. I mean, they're withhold, they're blackmailing schools with their lunch programs and, and, and everything else. And if you and I, Chris, if we go testify at the school board and say we don't want our children groomed right. by these these crazy teachers that are for this stuff and we don't want our girls raped in the bathroom or the or the locker room or the uh, you know Loudoun County situation, and, mm-hmm. and we're the domestic terrorists because we want to defend kids and defend girls. That's yeah. where the domestic uh, the, the Dem- Democrat Party is at this point. Right. We've reached uh, uh, an, an, a low point in this country when the President of the United States is wanting to deny a kid free or reduced meals because the school system refused to comply with big government's edicts on what they had to agree with. Yep. Yep. Man, it's a, it, it's a mess. And I, I always come back to it. Is it even constitutional in the first place? Mm-hmm. That's the whole problem. When the president is trying to tell your local school district, every school district in America, what their policy is going to be on biology, right? I mean, how far out of its jurisdiction is the federal government and the executive branch specifically when they're trying to do these things? They're ill-equipped to do it. The court's ill-equipped to do it. There's The federal government should have nothing to do with this whatsoever and, frankly, should have nothing to do with education whatsoever. I was glad to see Betsy DeVos say she thinks the Department of Education should be um, you know, completely removed as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's not even constitutional. It's nowhere in the in the Constitution. Chris, you're so good at this, man. Thanks for bringing the headlines Thank to you. us today and chatting with me a little bit this afternoon. Hope you have a great weekend you and too. we'll be ready to have another chat like this next week. Stay with us, folks. You're listening to AFA at the Core. 
forget about Facebook. The last 10 days we've been banned twice and is unbanning a word. They put us under the ban. Christians and conservatives don't need your YouTube. Banned one day. Banned again. AFR programs are now live streaming on the AFA streaming app. Now you can get shows like today's issues straight from the source. Put back on the next. Just say unbanned. Unbanned. Just search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. Picture a stormy sea. The waves are rolling viciously and the sky is darker than night. The crack of thunder can be heard over the roaring wind. A tiny ship is thrown wildly up and down as it rides the waves. The crew is just about to lose hope when someone spots a sudden flash in the distance. A lighthouse. Lighthouse for the Lost, an article by Parker May. To read this article, visit EngageMagazine.net. Director of the AFA Foundation, Riley Wildman. I've traveled a lot. I've met with people from all over the country. Riley has served as the director of the AFA Foundation for over a decade. The most rewarding thing about my job is that we get to build relationships through our donors and our supporters and get to have that personal relationship with them. Contact the AFA Foundation today to learn how you can shore up permanent income for your retirement years while supporting the culture-transforming work of the American Family Association. A charitable gift annuity benefits you and helps ensure the AFA will impact America for generations to come. Call 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. The AFA Foundation, the Financial Stewardship Division of the American Family Association. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 29 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. We're back here at AFA at the Core. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. Thanks for staying with us this afternoon. The phone number to call is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. We'd love to hear from you in our final segment. Thanks to Trevor Loudon uh, for joining us today. And again, you know, want to encourage you to watch that movie because I think it is shocking when you see what uh, what has happened to the American church. I mean, we've gone from the salt of the earth for the world. I mean, 80% of the missions around the world. I mean, all the good that America's done 
for the gospel ar- around the planet to now that vehicle itself being in danger of being completely taken over by totally woke, anti-biblical ideas out there, and uh, and very important this, the way that this movie uh, breaks it down and, and reveals what they've been doing. A couple of the headlines I, I wanted to add here in the final segment that I uh, didn't get a chance to cover earlier this week. Uh, first of all, just going going back to this FBI raid at, uh, at President Trump's house. Sorry to beat the, beat the drum, but this is that big of a deal. Um, and, and I've talked a lot about this over the last few weeks, this whole idea of equal justice under the law, of, of not having a a um, um, you know political persecution and that the way you tell if it's political persecution or not is if if everybody's being treated the same you know this concept is essential to a free nation to a free republic to a nation that's that that's going to choose its leaders it has to then have uh, a a a system of of the rule of law that is applied equally to everyone now we're never going to be perfect in that right we've had abuses throughout our history that we had to deal with. Uh, but it's always about striving to become a more perfect union and do better on those things. And usually the American people respond to the lack of, of equal justice, what we would call injustice, where you're actually applying the law different to people based on the color of their skin or based on their religion or based on their political affiliation. Normally that would cause us to, you know, a sense of justice to well up within us. And we would say that's not right. And and for the last couple of years, that hasn't been the case. I was shocked at how much people were willing to let governors be tyrants and say, here's the rules for thee, but not for me. So you can't go eat in a restaurant, but I can. You have to wear a mask, but I don't have to. I mean, all the things that we saw happen blatantly, I mean, like shamelessly in our face. And there was very little, very little in terms of opposition to that or uproar to that. I mean, there were some of us, quite frankly, screaming our heads off over it because it was seen as such an injustice and such a violation of our constitutional system. But for the most part, the nation just rolled over and let it happen. And so then when we saw the injustice, the lack of equal justice, the lack of blind justice with regard to the the various riots across the nation. So you had seven or eight months of of, of BLM and Antifa burning cities, um, you know, attacking federal buildings, doing all of this stuff. People died. Cops were attacked. One point five billion dollars in damage. Actually, some studies show up to two billion dollars in in damage. And you saw very little prosecution. I mean, very little rule of law and law and order. And in fact, at the same time, under COVID, letting people out of jail, the big jailbreak that happened all across the country, which led to even more crime in our streets. So we watched that happen and then saw January 6th happen. And you had one day, really just a couple of hours of writing by what people perceived as those on the right. And we went through all of this on Tuesday. I'm not going to relive it, but much of it was the instigators and people that had nothing to do with Donald Trump or support of Donald Trump. And then you had some that were drug along and and sort of fooled into being a a part of it and riled up to be a a part of it. But bottom line is it was a few hours. It was basically an out-of-control frat party. Um, And yet they were treated completely different, not equal justice under the law, an absolute two-tiered justice system where one side was treated one way and the other side treated another way, totally based on what are your political views and which party are you a part of and which party is in power at the time, which party is in power in terms of the media. All of those things played into this unequal justice system, which should cause people to be upset and cause people to be concerned about what the nation's going to look like when that sort of thing is allowed. And so then that brings us to the, the FBI raid and, and why this is seen as a turning point and why that, that day after the raid, I, I said here on AFR radio, I said this is going to be a day that will live in infamy because it, it will be the turning point because it will uncover so much of this corruption that's been 
mostly underneath, mostly hidden because it was happening to people that weren't famous like Donald Trump or weren't, uh, you know, a, a former president. And and yet here here it's happening to him. And now what is the injustice? What is the lack of equal justice, you might ask? Well, well, look at what happened to President Bill Clinton whenever he had audio tapes that were hidden in his sock drawer uh, and they were presidential records. And it was a very, very similar situation. And he was saving them for a book and all this other, these other things. And, and when Judicial Watch sued over that to try to get the tapes released and get them back to National Archives and, and, and the records, the judge in that case said, no, the, the president decides which records are going to be released and which ones aren't. The president decides which ones stay classified and which ones don't. But now here's the president and a complete change in how the president is being treated because now it's President Donald Trump instead of President Bill Clinton. And then, of course, the exact same uh, question of of equal justice when you look at how Hillary Clinton was treated uh, with actual violations of uh, classified documents, and she's not the president, so she doesn't have the ability to make those uh, to to have them become unclassified and have the ability uh, to do what Donald Trump was able to do. So it's just a it's just a very much a two tier justice system, and that's the main concern over all this. And so two things that 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 really stood out to me: number one, the the lack of of equal protection under the law um, that the Constitution requires, the lack of of a of a blind justice system, and then. The wimpy Republicans that are defending the FBI on this thing. Uh, you know, listen, I, I, I get the fact that there are some good FBI agents out there. I, I fully believe that. But if you're a good FBI agent, you better be a whistleblower. You better be standing up right now and saying, I don't like what I see. And apparently there's 14 or so that have, and, and hopefully more of them will, uh, some former agents that are saying, yes, it's completely politicized over at the Justice Department now, which causes people to lose faith, to have no trust in those institutions. What happens when you don't have trust in those institutions? People stop following the law. What happens when you have no trust in the rule of law and the implementation of the law? Chaos. It leads to complete chaos. So this is an incredibly dangerous road that we're going down. And, you know, I think rather than saying, oh, well, you know, don't say anything bad about the FBI because that's equal to saying defund the police. That's not true. That's not not an equal thing. And that's what Mike Pence has come out and said. And I, listen, I like Mike Pence or did like Mike Pence. I should say I like him as a person, uh, you know, known him for 25 years, done you know, events with him before. Um, I'm sorely disappointed in the turn that he has taken, both in saying that they tried to get him to overturn the election, which is not true. All anybody ever asked him to do was follow the 12th Amendment, follow history, and and make sure that the electors that you count and that you open and hand off to Congress are actually from a legit election and not an election where in a state where there were um, violations of the Constitution. So that's what we asked was just make sure you're only counting legal votes that's that's all we wanted and he started using the language of the left oh they tried to get me to overturn the election that's not true at all mr vice president please stop saying that and then now he's come out and said hey stop criticizing the fbi over their raid of of donald trump's house and and uh you know let's wait and see what listen it's obvious what's happening he should have stood up and said this is wrong it's never happened in history should not have happened this time and the FBI needs to be investigated. Merrick Garland needs to be investigated. The Department of Justice completely needs to be investigated. Congress, do your job. That would have been the smart thing to do. And unfortunately, the vice president did not do that and has come out in defense of the FBI. I think if the FBI is to be saved, it's going to be the FBI agents that have to do it. They've got to stand up and speak out against what's happening and uh, and absolutely um, denounce 
what it, what is happening and, and say this should I'm not going to be an FBI agent anymore if this is going to continue to happen. Be willing to give up your job if necessary. At this level of corruption, you cannot sit idly by and let your own agency do this kind of thing. I'm curious what you think. Uh, 888-589-8840 is the phone number. Uh, 888-589-8840. You might have a comment or question or maybe even an insult of, <laughs> about these things. Uh, I'm I, I'm I'm grieving over the fact that this is my position now. This was not my position two years ago. I mean, even two years ago, I was defending the FBI and saying, eh, not defending them. I was saying, well, you know, I know there's some things happening that shouldn't be happening, but we need the FBI for counterterrorism. We need, you know, um, to make sure that we can stop some of this stuff that's out there. And other people were saying to me, no, it's too far gone. It's time to start over. And, and I even started looking into the constitutionality of it and going, wait a minute. Where's the, where's the authorization in the Constitution for an FBI or an ATF or all these other alphabet soup law enforcement agencies? It's not there. And and the more it became corrupt and the more it was used to abuse people over the last year and a half, the more I got on board with the idea that this has got to stop. They are being used against the American people. They are being used to abuse good citizens, people that did nothing wrong. And then even those who did something wrong, the, the, the abuse against them and the and the cruel and unusual punishment, the, the violation of the Constitution in multiple ways, the lack of due process, the FBI is at the center of all of that. And so it's a huge problem. So people that I respect greatly are now coming out and saying just how bad this is. Uh, people that like Re- Representative Louis Gohmert, good friend of mine, and, and I think one of the best members of Congress, you know, he's, he's saying, listen, this is uh, th- th- this is beyond the pale and it, it is time. And this is a guy that I mean, Louis was a, a, a judge. He was he's he's, you know, been on the side that would normally be defending the FBI in these cases. And he's saying, no, this was completely wrong. These documents should have been kept with Donald Trump. And, and there's a reason that he had them. He was trying to preserve the record because he knows what people are are doing uh, to him with the with the false claims. So, you know, I think Louis's right. Uh, you know, Victor Davis Hanson. I mean, all these other people are coming out and saying it's just gone too far. My buddy Mark Meckler over at Convention of States, I mean, they're saying enough is enough. It's time to completely end the FBI, send this law enforcement mechanism back to the states and to local government. And I agree. I, I, I think it's that bad. I would rather... I would rather be relying on state and local law enforcement and not have that federal law enforcement agency at all than be in a situation where that agency is so powerful. And these are things people are telling me from the inside that it can go after anyone in the country with impunity, that it can destroy your life. This agency is so powerful. It can destroy your life even if you did nothing wrong, but they just see you as a political enemy. That is not the America that I want to hand to my children and my grandchildren. That has got to stop. And that will only stop if Congress does its job, and Congress will only do its job if you and I do our job. If we as citizens do our job, if we stand up and say enough is enough, if we're bold enough to say, I mean, and frankly, for me to even say this on the air right now to the entire nation makes me a target of the FBI, right? For me to stand up and say this agency is too corrupt, it's too politicized at this point. It needs to be disbanded. And if Congress wants to start over with a new agency, completely clean house, start completely over, then then come to us, the American people, with a proposed constitutional amendment to even have an agency like that and let us debate that nationally as to whether or not we want this to be done at the national level or at the local and state level. Constitution doesn't give – there's no provision in the Constitution that authorizes such a thing. You can argue for a border patrol. That, that would fall under immigration. That makes sense. But not an FBI, not an ATF. These are things that should have been done at the local and state level from the beginning. If they want to change that, more power to them. But they need to do it constitutionally. 
And uh, I think you're going to have some, uh, you know, significant number of of, uh, of Congress, members of Congress, both that are already there now and, and saying some of these things, but also a lot of these new members that are going to be elected in November uh, that will also be calling calling uh, F- the FBI on the carpet. And back to our, our opening of the program and the caller that we weren't able to get to on, on Wednesday, Diana's question about whether or not McCarthy would be a leader that would do that kind of thing. Well, we're going to we're going to find out, folks. We are going to find out, and it's going to require us holding their their feet to the to the fire. Only a few minutes left, but we'll try to get a couple of calls in here. Sarah is calling from Kansas. Sarah, thanks for calling in. What's your comment or question today? Well, I was just my comment was about Donald Trump's house getting raided. Like, was their warrant even like legal? Like, is my question? Did they were they specific enough to even go into his house like that? I don't think so. I, th- I think when you look at the warrant, it's so broad. It's what the English would have called a writ of assistance and what the Americans revolted over. Uh, it, w- it was very broad. Basically said, you, you, you can search the entire, what is it, 58 bedrooms, whatever it is, and and uh, and get you know basically any piece of paper. I mean, that's pretty much how broad it is. It, it is, is incredibly broad. Um, I, I am, uh, you know, I, I, I think I read, Jam- I can't remember if I read James Otis's quote from 1761, but he basically said these writs of assistance are so horrible and such instruments of slavery and villainy. Uh, it's the worst instance uh, instrument of arbitrary power. In, in fact, I'm just trying to find my, the quote here. We cover this, by the way, in week two of Biblical Citizenship in Modern America. David Barton does a whole talk on this, and it's all about the Castle Doctrine. And James Otis said that this, these writs of assistance, which is kind of what this warrant was like, is a power that places the liberty of every man in the hands of every petty officer who may reign secure in his petty tyranny and spread terror and desolation around him. Both reason and and the Constitution are against such writs. So in other words, the petty officers at this point are the FBI agents, and, and, and a broad warrant like that allows them to have a reign of terror. Of course there's a judge that signs off on it, but this judge is political. I mean, this judge is a political hack. And yet we're gonna we're gonna uh, put some faith in, in in this thing. So great question, Sarah. I, I think absolutely it was beyond the pale. If you want to learn more about writs of assistance, John Adams actually said of that speech that James Otis gave in 1761. It's February of 1761. It was a five-hour speech, by the way. <laughs> you guys think my my talks are long? Uh, five-hour speech, and John Adams said after that, American independence was then and there born. Think about this. He said. Then and there was the first scene of the first act of opposition to the arbitrary claims of Great Britain. Then and there, the child independence was born, and in 15 years, namely in 1776, he grew up to manhood and declared himself free. That was John Adams speaking of the speech by James Otis talking about these horrific writs of assistance, and I would argue that the raid on uh, President Trump's house was using a warrant that was very similar to those writs of assistance for which our nation revolted, had a declaration of independence, and became a new nation over. Thankfully, we don't have to do that because we have the tools at our fingertips to alter our government and put it back into a constitutional republic framework. I sure am glad you were with us today. Thanks so much for listening to AFA at the Core. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.